in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the Stranger with Candy, Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> I don't understand this reference. Oh, wait, now I do. <laughs> you're a Stranger with Candy. You're, yes, I, I'm. You're, you know, Stranger You're danger. inviting yet uh, off putting at the same time. Maybe a little creepy. Maybe, maybe you offer a reward, or maybe it's more uh, sinister. Should. You take the candy? Should you call the cops? Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I think of when I think about Glenn Stansbury. Wow. Should I take the candy or call the cops? <laughs> and speaking of taking the candy, um, <laughs> we are co-founders. Of a, we're not strangers. Nope. No stranger danger here. No. We're two co-founders of a lovely website with lots of candy called yep. gentleman.com. <laughs> I candy. That's eye candy. Also, mind candy. Mind candy. Uh, uh, auditory candy. Yes. Uh, like right now. Thought candy. Um, you know, all kinds of candy. Mm. And uh, it would be a good idea for you to... We got we got our hands full of candy, and we're outstretching them right in front of you. Just take some of it. Hanging out of our van window. Just out of our white van. <laughs> Just take some of the candy. And uh, we'd be glad to give it to you. Mm-hmm. And it's free. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely 100% free. All it takes is your browser. Mm-hmm. Just direct your browser on over to gentleman.com yep. and you can partake of our eye candy. And uh, once you're done with the eye candy, you can step on over to podcast.gentleman.com and we'll move on to the uh, auditory senses. Ear candy. Your, your ear candy uh, can take over from there. Uh, and what you should do is listen to every episode, the 104 previous episodes, including this one, uh, well, 105, including this one, yes. uh, of the Gentleman Podcast, and listen to every single one of them. And uh, then you'll get your, you'll, you'll be, your sweet tooth will be satisfied. Your sweet ear will be satisfied my my daughter the other day uh actually asked me for she's she's five and actually asked me for uh um it was after dinner she asked me for some dessert for her sweet tooth Mm. but it was very much like a she basically said it like she needed it right for her sweet tooth Mm. that makes sense this is i feel this is the same kind of a same kind of a need that people have Mm -hmm. that we can provide exactly we're all about meeting everybody's needs. That's right. At gentleman.com. That's right. Um, so anyway, let us meet your needs. Go to podcast.gentleman.com and listen to us meet your needs. Uh, and once you're done with that, uh, a good thing to do would be to let us know how your needs got met by podcast.gentleman.com. Because we really like to know. I mean, I would like to know. Yeah, because it's help us help you. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe you know, maybe somebody enjoyed listening to the podcast. That'd be weird. I, I, hard to imagine. I mean, possible though. 
it is the internet. Anything's possible, Brian. Anything's possible on the internet. So anyway, if you want to do that, you can do so by getting in touch with the Gentleman Podcast by sending a letter to the Gentleman Mailbag at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. We'll get your letter. We'll talk about it. We will put it up on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know is the Hall of Fame. We will answer auditorily, I don't know if it's a word, on the Gentleman Podcast, your question, your concern, your gripe, your praise, we will talk, we will answer it, and uh, we will send you a little something back in return. Mm-hmm. Just for the heck of it. Mm-hmm. Just because. We're going to do that. Uh, we're those it, kind of guys. Exactly. Uh, if you can't send us a letter, we understand. Uh, therefore, we have set up an internet-based email address. It's howdy at gentleman.com. And uh, that will arrive in our inbox. We will read through that. Do the same thing. Very similar, except we won't get anything back in return. And we will not like you as much. That's right. But you can send us an email if you want to do this. Also, you could go to the various social networks, including Twitter, Facebook, uh, Google+, uh, Farmers Only, HotOrNot.com, Chidio, uh, YouTube, Instagram. <laughs> it's Chidio. Um, what, what else is there? Uh, Plurk. Uh, Flickr, uh, uh, Yelp. Give us a good Yelp review. Yeah, give us a review. <laughs> give us a good Yelp. Re- we don't have any good Yelp reviews yet. So they're all terrible. It's a one star restaurant. I'm more so of a Yellow far. Pages man myself. It's a one star restaurant. The steaks are terrible, gentlemen, right they're, now. They really help us redeem that. Um, and you can do all those things at all the social networks, and we'll mm. get, we'll, we'll get it somehow. Somehow it'll get to us, and we'll. We'll get back to you on it. So anyway, do all that stuff. All those things. Anyway, Glenn. All right, let's get into the meat of the episode, which is the drink of the week this week. And uh, this week, Glenn, it was my turn to uh, pick out a drink of the week. And I, I, we, a couple episodes ago, we talked about this this beer company. Yes. In reference to a company that we weren't cool. Like one of the, We rated a beer, and it wasn't a very good beer. Mm. And somehow, KC Beer Company, which is what this is, got brought up. And it was, uh, at the time got lumped in with somebody else and uh, I I said don't don't oh, right. don't hate on this KC beer company we, thing we were talking about small Kansas City right yes we were talking well, we were talking about Kansas breweries Kansas breweries and charging too much for stuff and I was like hey let's don't you know don't lump KC beer company in with this because they're 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 all right in my book they're Kansas City Missouri Brian well, that's unfortunate. There, but well, but but it, so is Boulevard. Well, yeah, that's true. There's, you know, it's the, we're gonna draw that border right there. So then yeah. we're gonna lose a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? So yeah. Let's. Mm-hmm. It's called Kansas City. Yeah. For a reason. So let's just let's just they, they slide in. That's right. Uh, so anyway, this is a Bavarian style wheat ale, uh, a Hefeweizen. Hefeweizen. Which, according to the KC Beer Company's website, Hefe means yeast and Weissen means wheat. So this is actually a KC Beer Company yeast wheat. Yeast wheat beer. Beer. Interesting. I think a lot of beer is yeast wheat. Yeast wheat. Yeah. Like Wait. Um, yeah. Is wheat an essential? No. Okay, yeah. Yeet. Oh, yeet. <laughs> yeah. We'll call it yeet beer. Yeah. Yeet. Yeet beer. Anyway, this is their Hefeweizen. I've had their Dunkel. Here's the here's the problem that I have. This this is something that afflicts, and I don't know how many other pe- people's local breweries have this affliction. But we have a local brewery that's mm. known locally, very strongly, highly held in opinion, uh, Free State Brewing Company. Nationally, nationally, yes. But locally, the right. brew pub it's it's a very it's it's like a gathering point for it, the Lawrence community. Right. It, yeah. And um, the problem though is when you get their beer out of a bottle, it just doesn't quite taste the same. Mm-hmm. It's just not quite as good. Mm-hmm. And I've had Casey Beer Company's Dunkel. Okay. Uh, 
off taps here in Lawrence, and it's delicious. It's very good. Mm-hmm. I bought, you know, a, a few weeks ago, I got some Dunkel Casey Beer Company in the bottle. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as good. Mm. There was some Funkle in that Dunkel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the problem with my brewing, Brian. Maybe if I went straight to keg, Maybe. it would be a lot a lot better. That it could be. Uh, so Way I'm, better. I'm really hoping that this wheat beer doesn't have that. But I, I guess there's, there's something about Free State beer and KC beer. I, I was drinking it and it had the same. It's like this does not taste as good as it does out of the tap. I know that most beer doesn't taste as good out of the tap. But right. this, th- there's something a little extra going on here. And I'm not sure what it is. Um, I think I talked about this maybe in the last episode. Uh, I had KC Beer Company's Winter Bock okay. on tap. And it was... Hands down, one of the most delicious beers I've ever had. Okay, it was really good. Good, and I've had it multiple times, so it wasn't like one of those Just situations. Of those, yeah, yeah, it was. Okay, it was really good. So, well, we're we're gonna give this one a shot and see what happens. Uh, I hope I hope it lives up to the the tap beer from KC Beer Company. But I've been I, I really like this guy. You know, there's a lot of local places that have this on tap. Uh, the Green Dragon here in Lawrence yep. is some place that we we frequent and. Uh, and it's it's got it on tap. So so anyway, this is this is I'm confident that we're not going to be too disappointed with this one. I I've heard that they're um, that they the KC Beer Garden Casey Beer Company has like an awesome um, beer garden. Okay, and like you can go. I don't think they serve a lot of food, but they have like snacks and stuff like that. Are supposed to? Oh yeah, they have. Okay, so they serve like traditional German food. Oh, like, that could be oh. like. You know, sausages and wow. bratwurst. And- I actually, I would be into. Okay, this is good to know. Yeah. Right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna check this out because Laura's a big, she's a big German food person. Mm. And well, I mean, to an extent, so am I. So, wow, they have a lot of weird German food too. But that would be fun. But I've heard, um, I've heard people say that it's a lot. It's a good time to go and hang out. And sounds like it. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a good time. Maybe not right now when the the weather, the weather's frigid. But all right, well, anyway. when it warms up. Okay. Well, let's try this uh, yeast. Yeast wheat beer. Yeast wheat beer. The uh, Hefeweizen. Yeah. No, go ahead, man. Uh, Bavarian style. It says it's unfiltered and decocted. Okay. I don't. Uh, uh, I don't know it, and that and that is not a mispronunciation. Uh, so. Well, it says that we, maybe it says we're supposed to use glasses. What is is that? What that means? Decocted. I'm gonna look that up. It's served in a non-frosted glass. Is what it says. Decocted. So maybe I should maybe I should get a couple glasses. Extract the essence from something by heating or boiling it. Okay. Hmm. Alrighty. Okay. Well, I you know I just I would hate to give. Casey Beer Company a review and not follow the directions that were clearly posted on the label. That's right. Uh, That's our fault, not theirs. Exactly. So we're going to follow their directions to a T, and uh, we'll see what happens when we uh, we test this beer out. Um, now I'm serving this in my traditional uh, Guinness glasses from Ireland. Hmm. So uh, these are these are official Irish Guinness glasses. I'm I'm excited about that. This I picked brand. up at the original Guinness factory. So, so don't break it, is what you're saying. No, I'm, try, I'm trying to subtly imply that by, by making that. So I smell this beer, Brian. And it smells, it smells like bananas s- to yeah, me. Yeah, it smells kind of citrusy. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. okay. Well, cheers. Cheers. Mm, that's pretty good. That is a good Hefeweizen. That's real good, actually. I, uh, I, so, 
I was going to wait to it's say very this. summery. Yeah, it's summer. Yeah, but it's also it's I, but you know like there's a lot of winter or Christmas style beers that have like spices in them and stuff like that. This is kind of a little just a tad spicy. It kind of yeah reminds me of like one of those Christmas beers. Mm-hmm. I like this a lot. Yeah, it's real good. Um, I typically don't like Hefeweizens or wheat beers very much. They're oh, not, really? They're I didn't not know that. high in my. Mm-hmm. This is really good. I can drink this. Yeah, this is. For this a reminds while. me of like a line of Kugel or something. I mean, not really, but like that. Yeah. The vibe of it. Yeah. Like I could. It just seems like a July yep. afternoon beer. That's good. For a Hefeweizen. That's real good. All right, Glenn. So, if you had to to put a rating on this on this beer, uh, this uh, Casey Beer Company mm. uh, Wheat Ale, what what would you personally say would be the rating for this beer? Wow, <clears throat> I I really like that. I like it too. Very, very subtle. Mm-hmm. It's not really spicy. It's yep. it's not, for lack of a better word, too weedy or right cloudy. You, you know, know like, yeah. You don't feel like you're like gargling some. <laughs> Chewing the wheat, We're seriously, the beer. like right. threshing it. Um, okay, threshing. Um, I yeah, I really like that. Wow, uh, I'm. I think I'm gonna give it an eight point five. Eight point five, really? Mm-hmm. I was gonna go eight seven. Eight point seven. Whoa. That's pretty high. That's Whoa. pretty high. I, I I don't know if it's just the time of year or what. That it's just I, really. I, I like this a lot. This beer company has. They've got really some surprised me. I like that they only have three kinds of beer. Well, you had a seasonal one, yeah. But on their website, there's a dunkel, there's a lagerish kind of thing, yep. and then there's a weed ale. There's only three German. They're very German. There's not fifteen, right? There's three. They have three beers. There's no apricot stout. Just get age. three right, and then get a fourth right, and exactly. then get a fifth. You know, just start with three. That's it's, fine. It's like a food truck for beers. Gosh. Anyway, so anyway, I like that about them too. So I said eight point seven, you said eight point five. Mm. Uh, doesn't matter what we think. Mm. The the point is, uh, we have a we actually have a proprietary mm. algorithmic based scientific empirical computer in the room. Fortunately, that can tell us exactly what the empirical rating of this beer is. All we have to do is input some basic facts, and the MTS computer, the mustache twist scale computer, uh, will tell us uh, specifically what the rating for this beer is. So. Let me just type in some facts here, Glenn. We said that the uh, KC Beer Company Wheat Ale is a Hefeweizen type. It's 5.0% alcohol by volume. I, I forgot to mention it was $8.99 as price. So it's right around medium price. Perfect. You know, yeah, not not too much, not too little. Uh, we, we were, I think a lot, when we were talking about this before, we were getting on people for, for being a Kansas beer company and charging too much for their, right. their six pack. Uh, there's 13 IBUs in here. Uh, the suggested food pairings are fish, shrimp, crab, eggs, salads, and wieswort. Uh, the suggested cheese pairings are uh, simple goat cheeses, gouda, and butter cakes. Mm, that would be good with the goat cheese. Oh, yeah. man. So, um, okay, well, the, the MTS computer has all the facts. We just have to wait uh, a few seconds uh, for the MTS computer to tabulate everything. And we will give you the empirical rating for the KC Beer Company uh, Half of Ice Beer. Oh man, we didn't even pour it right. They have pouring instructions on the bottle. Oh crap. Alright, what are you doing? Uh, oh, okay. Oh, we're supposed to swirl it around a little bit. Well, okay, so you pour everything in the glass and oh, you the swirl last the last two, two ounces okay. to get all the yeast out and then pour the yeast in there. Okay, well, that makes sense. Weird. I mean, I. Well, I'm alright with that. Yeah. I'm okay. We, oh, 13 IBUs. Yeah, I got it. Okay, it was on there. I said 13. 13 IBUs. Nice. Uh, okay. Yeah, it also says, uh, which is interesting to me. Um, is that the fruit and spice produced by 
the aromas of the fruit and spice are actually produced by the yeast. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Which is okay. weird because it's like a banana. Well, let me grab the... Uh, just, I'm going to grab the printout from the OTS computer real quick here. Feel free to just, you know, I'm just kind of hang out okay. and uh, I'm gonna <laughs> grab the... Computer. Okay, so I got the... I just got the printout from the MGS computer here. Um, we got some... Ugh, back down here. Mm. Okay, so we said... Uh, let me flip through here. Uh, let's see. Page. Gosh. I never understand what page this thing comes up. So many... Okay. Charts and graphs. Time zones. <laughs> German. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> okay. We really got that natural language. Uh... So, according to the MTS computer, the uh, official MTS rating for this beer is an 8.6. Wow. On the MTS scale. It's very high. Uh, a very good score. That uh, is a very good yeah, score. That is a good score. And uh, one more thing that we always do is we check in with our good friends. Just to just uh, just to verify that we're science, scientifically accurate here, we check in with our good friends at beersnob.com uh, just to make sure that everything's as we expect it to be. Mm-hmm. Algorithm might get off. You know, mm-hmm. you never know. Artificial intelligence sometimes doesn't work out so well. Right. I checked over at beersnob.com, and unfortunately, uh, there's no consensus yet from the beer snobs on this beer. It's highly rated by a few users, but not enough to attain a consensus. So, I, you know, I don't want to brag about the MTS computer. We don't need to have a consensus of people. We, we, have, a, we have a computer. We have mm-hmm. a science. We have the algorithm. Yes. Uh, we have a score for you before beersnob.com does. Right. And that's 8.6 on the MTS scale. Take it to the bank. <clears throat> All right, Glenn. Well, let's get into some interesting posts from gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so. Well, Brian, the saddest part about preparing for this podcast is having to discard all the wonderful things that we've seen in the past couple of weeks. It's true. There's been a lot of really good posts that we haven't... We're, we're not going to able... We're only going to talk about three, mm-hmm. so we can't... It's hard to fit everything in, mm-hmm. so... But I really feel like we got some good ones. Yeah. And there was some great stuff. This It starts this off with a pillar of the gentleman community. Our good buddy Razorback has posted... I, 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 I get a little misty-eyed just thinking about this community and about how... <laughs> what you could I, I want to say something so bad, and I'm trying to hold it back. <laughs> trying to hold it back, but I just can't... Do I, it! I have Do to it, let Brian. it out here. Just say it. Uh... This, I'm not overstating this. This is one of the best posts yes. that anyone has ever, in the history of Gentleman, in five years of Gentleman, yes. has ever posted to our site. Yes. This is truly and honestly one of the best posts that we have ever had on our site. And it's not like it, we're, we're we're not uh, we're not we're not blowing steam here. No, right. This is that's an honest assessment of this post. This is the coolest thing. <laughs> That, uh, this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in Jim. It is. Um, and what it is is Razorback, in his keen wisdom, decided to start with a friend. Mm. Uh, and actually, I should, I should rewind. Let me rewind. This, this says a story. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> we were talking about... We were talking. Uh, uh, there was a tack posted by somebody. I think it was about barbecue. And oh. Razorback chimed in in the comments and said... Yeah, I've kind of got this list my buddy and I made. You know, it's a Google Doc. You know, and, and I replied. I said, "Please post it." Yeah, dear God, absolutely. please post it. Mm-hmm. And so he compiled it and he put it all together. It's really cool. And yeah. here is the fruits of his labor. This is a proprietary list of barbecue <laughs> joints in the southeastern. I, I have a couple things to say about this, but go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, so as of right now, I'm looking at 124 
um, barbecue restaurants that right. Razorback and now other members of the gentleman community have right. vouched for mm-hmm. and have there are there are notes for their specialty um, dishes. Um, it's 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 just the most beautiful thing. I, I I barbecue unites people. It does. And this 124 great barbecue restaurants to visit mm-hmm. with notes about what to order. Yep. It just it just makes me. I'm just tr- doing what I can to hold it back. All right. Yeah, it's um, great. Yeah, um, I. It, th- there's a couple of things that okay. When I saw this, I was like, I need to check the veracity of this. <laughs> so you stress tested it. Well, <laughs> look, just because it's Razorback doesn't mean he gets a free pass. That's true. I'm gonna I'm gonna vet this. This is something I know a little bit about. Right. I, I don't know a lot about barbecue, but I know a little bit, and so I, I'm I'm gonna test. I'm gonna look at this. So I looked at two places, Glenn. Yes. Uh, number one. Uh, was Kansas City because that's the one I'm most familiar with. Well, we know, yeah. And I, I will say that he 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 has Joe's on there. He has he has Kansas City Joe's, yeah, formerly Oklahoma Joe's, mm-hmm. which is important. He also has a couple that I would probably skip if I was gonna, you know, I would say that you could rank those and say Oklahoma Joe's is the best. And oh, then there's sure. Arthur Bryant's. There's you know a couple other things. You yes. Know. So, but I would say that yeah, it gets the vibe of it, right? Right. You know, if you're gonna go to Kansas City, you know, yes. he, he's got Joe's on there. Okay, that's good. Um, the other place that I've recently been to that uh, that was on this map that I immediately thought of was Memphis. And why I ah. thought about Memphis was I went to a bar- barbecue place that was really highly reviewed on Yelp, and it was terrible. And I was like, I if this list has this barbecue place on here, I can't I can't vouch for it. I can't be behind it. This cannot work right. if this barbecue place in Memphis is on this list. And guess what? It was not on this list. <laughs> the stuff that was in Memphis, there's only two places, and there were there are places that I'd never heard of, and I think that's a good sign. Yes. So that gives me the a good... The Cozy Corner? Yes. And... Some other place. Some other place. That I've never heard of, and... Charles Virgos. Okay. Rendezvous Alley. Okay. Well, there, so you go. Go. there you go. So I, I, I'm thinking he... Those are... Yes. That's probably legit. So from that random sample, I would say that this... I could get behind this list. I, I would... Uh, I would... Get behind it 100%. And, uh, you know, I, so I, I'm very confident. Uh, the other thing I thought about that was interesting from this was mm-hmm. like, what if we need to, and I'm, I'm springing this on you. Do it. I, I like it. I'm thinking yes. maybe we need a gentleman recommended places to visit app thing. Like a, like a Yelp for gentleman members. Sort of. Yeah. Where you could, if, say, Razorback was like, I want to make a list of barbecue places that <laughs> gentlemen members could go to, he just shows up and makes the list. And then we compile it all and we say, these, this is gentlemen Razorback members' list of barbecue places you need to go to. <clears throat> just a thought. And then the last thing I want to say about this. Mm. Or, go ahead. No, 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 no. no, no. I, the I last was... thing I was going to say this is I love how Razorback says... Uh, this map is only focused on the southeastern part of the country because that's where I'm located. Uh, and that's where barbecue is the <laughs> epicenter of the world. You know? Like, there's some great barbecue in Kansas City. Let yeah. me tell you, there is. And it's not quite the south, but it's the Midwest. And that's the edge of the barbecue region. Right. And that's the epicenter is in the southeast right. of. of, of the United States. It's like so, Texas and over, 
Texas into the east. I appreciate him, you know, giving a, a, a hat tip to the people in New York or whatever. But right. let's be real here. Yeah. The the best barbecue in the country, the very borderland, is Kansas City. Yes. And then everything on the inside. Yes. That's that's where the magic happens. So That's right. Uh, I, I, yeah, Brian, I, I would agree. I would agree that that is uh, a keen... Uh, a, observation there yeah i've heard that there are some really really good places in new york city and barbecue I, the problem is, is that it's new york city i don't doubt it <laughs> i'm and sure people make good barbecue in new york city but do you want to go to no. new york city nope. and go order some ribs no nope. uh, hell no i want to no i want to go down to texas i want to oh, go to arkansas man. i want to get some damn ribs in alabama you know what i mean the, the other thing i love about this brian is that uh, it looks like you know Ten or so people chimed in. Right. One commentary. Okay. Jordan. Yes. Said uh, there. There's this place in the KC metro area. Gotta try it. Out. It's called RJ's Bar <laughs> Bob BQ Shack, which sounds terrible. I mean, that's not terrible. Right. It sounds ridiculous. Right. But and uh, Jordan goes on to say most of the barbecue is pretty standard, but they have amazing lamb ribs. In case you have a field notes order for suggestions, lamb ribs. Wow. I, I just. I love this. This I, is I never even considered such a possibility. I, I want to. Yeah, I don't know what lamb ribs taste like, no but if idea. it's barbecued, that would that sounds. I like lamb. You can I mean, take the two. And, yeah. That's anyway. This yeah. this is oh this is this my head spun for about an hour. I, I love it when people have their own stuff that they they post to gentlemen. Yes. You know, like this. This is a list that uh, Razorback, one of his buddies, came up with. Mm-hmm. We've had people that post. You know, stuff like, oh, I built this thing, you know, here's a, mm-hmm. a an image of it or whatever. Absolutely. Um, I love stuff like that. So this this falls right in line with it. It's a great list of places it goes. And you know what? When I'm traveling next time, I'm going to go back to this list and I'm going to look and see is there a barbecue place that looks good and I will go check it out. I, I love barbecue. You know, I'll, I'll, Man. you know, I'll sit in any gas station, diner, wherever it's supposed to be a good barbecue, I'll be there. And that's the... That- that's the hardest thing about barbecue is that oftentimes the places that are supposed to have great barbecue are terrible. Yep. And sometimes they're great, but often, more often than not, I found people say, oh, you got to go to this place, yep. and they, they'll boil their They'll ribs. boil stuff, yep. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I, Terrorists win when yeah. that happens. I, I, you know, we, we've had some bad barbecue in Kansas City. Yes. Uh, I've had some... I, I was saying I went to Memphis, and there's this really highly rated yeah. uh, barbecue place that was close to Beale Street. You yep. know, the tourist area, the right, the, the the you know the happening area or whatever. I walked in there and got some barbecue there, and it was terrible. Yep, it was absolutely. It was. I, I was shocked. I was. It was shocking that. So anyway, I would say I would. I'm. I'm. I'm going to be back looking at this list. Yes. And uh, I will I will use this in the future, and I hope other gentlemen members do. I'm sure they will, and I really appreciate Razorback posting this. Wow, it was just I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm at a loss for words of how awesome yeah. that was. So. so good job, Razorback. A, a salute to you, sir. Thank you for posting your your barbecue list. We really appreciate it. And sharing it to the world. Exactly. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, next post we're going to talk about is uh, this was an interesting post, and it was a, a very. Uh, I didn't. I didn't understand it when I read the headline and the picture until I read the story, and then I was like, "This is great. This is this is a great post." 
And uh, this is by our old and good friend, uh, Tony O. Tony O. Who we've talked about several times on the podcast. He's been getting back into the side a little bit more recently, I think. And he's uh, some home runs. Is this, is, doing. this is some. This is a great post. Um, this is called Volkswagen Goes Back to the Future with ID Buzz Self-Driving Electric Van. <laughs> and uh, ID Buzz, I don't know about the word, or the, the I don't know about the name uh, that they're choosing to use for it, but here's the, here's the idea here, okay? Uh, this is deceptively brilliant, okay? Yes. So you think about the old Volkswagen vans and, and how everybody kind of loved. I mean, a lot of people love these old camper vans where it was it was a VW and you had you know this idea of road tripping in this in this classic van kind of situation thing going on, and this is like a modern version of that. And you think, okay, well, right, okay, right, well, it's electric, okay, cool. Uh, also, you add the electric into it. And the idea that it's self-driving. And here's where the genius happens. So imagine an old school uh, Volkswagen van. Right. And then you press a button and you flip around and you can talk to, as a driver, Yep. you can, talk, you can sit across from and talk to three other people in the middle of the van yep. while you guys are driving down the road to wherever you're going. And uh, it just does its own thing. So it's like the best of like... The cool old Volkswagen vibe of you know touring around the country in this old Volkswagen, and being able to not have to worry about driving anymore. It it looks like an awesome idea. Um, I I love this style of van. My I think I've told the story before, but one like a point memory that I have from being a kid is um, a family family friends went out of town, and for whatever reason I don't remember the exact circumstance, but they parked. Their Volkswagen uh, van, uh, I can't remember the name of the the style of the van, but it's the one where you have yeah. like a, a It's stove. the Volkswagen van. Yeah, 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 the yeah. camping van. Right, yeah. And my brother and I played in that thing nonstop. It's it was awesome. the coolest thing yeah. ever, and I begged my parents to get one. Right. And then a couple, flashback a couple years ago, um, Lynn and I are thinking about going to vacation in Hawaii, just mm-hmm. like looking at stuff. Yep. And it turns out you can rent those old school vans right. to drive and like park and then camp on the beach anywhere. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine having that? It doesn't look that it has the camping abilities. Right. But, Which is the one drawback. This is just a prototype. Right. Hopefully by the time this comes to fruition, it will have oh, figured man. out that problem. <laughs> No, I mean I go to to Winfield every year. Yeah, uh, or not this year, but most years. Uh, and uh, you'd be surprised about how many camper style Volkswagen vans are down there with the pop up tent top thing, and you know, and yeah. probably they they all have different internals. I mean, like, some of them have stoves yeah. and what you know, but it's all the idea is that it's like a camping van. And there's a lot of them down there. A lot, a lot. Really? Of them. Oh yeah. There's a ton of them. That's what. Huh. A lot of those people drive. You know, they'll, and they'll drive their VW down there every year, and camp out. Get there. Get started. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, so this is a great post because I, I didn't realize the brilliance of it until I thought about the idea that you could have a VW old school van like that. All the looks, all the cool stuff, updated, electric style, uh, and. Guess what? You don't have to drive anymore if you don't want to. You just hit a button. You don't have to drive anymore. You know, I was... I mean, yeah. If you're going to go on like a seven-hour trip... Exactly. I mean, how quickly would the time fly if you could play cards in the backseat... Right. ...with your family or whoever you're driving? I mean... Exactly. <laughs> and, and you're in a VW van cruising down the road and you don't have to worry about a thing in the world. I can think of a couple occasions where I went 
in high school on trips, you know, with buddies and yep. nearly dying because somebody almost fell asleep at the wheel yep. and, you know, because we're driving through the night or whatever. It also makes, I mean, if something like this was legit, you know, it makes uh, flying a little bit, uh, you, yeah. you start thinking about more people will probably you just hit a button and go on the road and, and not have to, you know, if, if you don't have to sit there and, and be in charge of driving, like, kind of opens up some possibilities for commuting or going on trips or doing something. And, you just got to charge a thing every 270 miles. That's right. No problem. Problem solved. Yeah. So anyway, th- what a great post. This is cool. Uh, they, they said the company hopes to have the van in showrooms by 2022, which sounds so futuristic, yet it's only five years away. Yeah. So uh, look for that. Uh, coming in in the next five years, uh, right. which would be awesome. So anyway, uh, great post, Tonio. Thanks for posting that to, to this last week. And uh, what's what's next, Glenn? All right, rounding out the list, we have a post by our good friend Anya Keister. Uh, and Anya Keister posted a, an article from IJR.com, which is the Independent Journal Review, and it's titled "Heroic Man Rescues Unconscious." Unco- <laughs> It's titled, Heroic Man Rescues Unconscious Friend from Chairlift. Right. And this is a crazy story. Mm-hmm. Um, I will try to recap it as best as I can. Brian, feel free to interject. So, yeah, I, I, I read this pretty closely. Yeah. Okay, so basically, like, this this guy is, is shows up and he starts skiing. Normal day. He right. just shows up on the mountain. He's an avid skier. Right. In Colorado. Goes to ski. Uh... When he notices something truly horrific, uh, ski lift, not far from where he's at, he notices a guy hanging from the ski lift. Mm-hmm. On closer inspection, he finds that somebody is actually being, I mean, this is a little graphic, but being strangled by a backpack hanging from a ski lift. Right. And not only that, but it's one of his good friends. Right. Who he met earlier in the day. Yeah. Uh, who he just met up with. Right. Know, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. but he knew the guy. So... This guy has been drugged down the mountain and then back. He's not getting oxygen. There's a pro- there's a serious medical emergency here. Right. And so him and a group of other skiers try to figure out what to do. And he's about ten feet in the air. From I mean, from being able to grab the guy, you know. So they hurriedly tried to create a pyramid yeah. of people to get up and get him, but they can't, you know. Right. Get, you know, get up on a pyri- pyramid consistently enough to get a hold of the guy or anything like that. So it's not working. Uh, and then he he realizes that uh, he is what is referred to as a skyliner, slackliner, slackliner. Yeah, which is basically a tightrope walker, except not tight. It's slack rope right. walker. Uh, and he looks at the 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 lift, and there's some slack line up there. Yeah. So he, you know, it's really dangerous. It's about thirty feet in the air. Everybody's telling him not to do it, but he's like, "That's my buddy. I got to go get him." Yeah. So he climbs up the the lift, slack lines down, walks down to him, gets on top of the actual, you know, car that or whatever the 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 the, the chair that the guy's attached yeah. to. Uh, tries to get him off. Tries to get him off. Can't get him off. Finally, uh, somebody from the, the 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 ground throws a knife up to him. Cuts the backpack off that was that was holding. He caught him there. the knife on the first try. Like it was amazing. Well done. And <laughs> guy falls to the ground. They take him to the hospital. He's CPR. gonna be okay. Yep. Uh, they did. They do CPR on him. Uh, but he, it turns out he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be in a neck brace for a little bit. But he 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 survived. He lived. All thanks to uh, his his buddy that happened to be in the right place at the exact right time. 
And happened to be a champion slacklining right. contestant. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's an amazing story. I mean, this is just like, it's incredible, Glenn. It's, yeah. it's really cool. Um, well, I mean, it's not, but it is. I mean, it, yeah, it has a terrible. happy ending. Yeah. Um, it, it, sound, you know, it sounds a little morbid for us to be like, oh, this is amazing. This is great. And yeah. Somebody's life was at stake. But, Absolutely. But yeah. when, you, when you hear the outcome and, and realize that, that this guy just, you know, I, I, that's pretty cool. That's great. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't know, uh, I don't know if I'd have the wherewithal to, I mean, I guess if it's your buddy, you do whatever you can. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, Brian, if that happened to you, I think we both end up in a neck brace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'd probably uh, fall. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think if it was one of my friends, I would probably do whatever it took. Right. I don't know if I could slackline walk over to him. Did he actually slack? I mean, that's what. Yes, he he he. Wow. Walked over to him. I mean, I I don't even know how to. This is crazy, you know. I, yeah, there's a picture. They have a couple. They have a couple Instagram posts embedded from this guy Mickey, Mickey Wilson, who saved this man. And he's in one of them. He's wearing a hat that says, "This says hashtag Hangover." <laughs> so maybe not the guy that you want your life. What or maybe he is depending actually. on the scenario. Maybe that is the guy you want your life in the balance with. So. Anyway, uh, this is a great post uh, on your keister course coming through uh, with a great link as usual. Wow! Um, but yeah, good, yeah, a happy story, happy ending. No one got hurt. You know, there's a couple of different ways people could have been really oh, hurt man. by the thing. Guy has a lot of guts. Really impressive. It's a heroic um, tale. It is. It is indeed, Glenn. Okay. I expect a book to be out soon. Yes, and I will. Uh, I'll write the foreword for it. Um, <laughs> Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, it's time for the, uh, the toast this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this week, I, I was thinking about something that happened to me. Uh, and, and I'm going to try to tell the story really quick. But I want to encourage everybody out there to check this out if they can. Uh, I want to do a toast to this guy. And his name, and you've never heard of this guy. His name is Richard Pranecki. Okay? Okay. Uh, Richard Pranecki is this guy that um, I was, this, this past Thanksgiving, I was... Uh, I was with some family, and I was talking to my brother-in-law's father, and he is a woodworker. And so I was trying to talk to him about kind of – I'm trying to get into woodworking and, yeah. and learning more about it, and he's been doing it forever. So I was asking him about stuff, and he's like, you know, you really got to watch this movie Alone in the Wilderness. My brother-in-law went and got this DVD, two DVD set, Alone in the Wilderness, and gave it to me. And he's like, you should, you should watch – you need to watch this. It's, it's really crazy. You got to watch this thing. And uh, and so I, I I didn't think much about it, but uh, you know a couple days later after Thanksgiving I brought it home I popped it in the DVD player I started watching it and it was one of the most incredible things I have ever watched in my entire life. Yes, uh, and uh, it's all about this guy Richard Pernecki, fifty one or fifty two years old in the early nineteen sixties decides to go up to Alaska and uh, and live there and he builds his own house. He builds everything that he needs off the land, um, and he does it all with hand tools, and he brings a camera with him and documents some of the stuff he does, and then the the movies are based off of his own home movies and the journals that he made at the time that he was doing all this stuff. Um, And 
the great thing about it is he was about 51 or 52, and he, and he says in the documentary, well, I just wanted to see if I could live there for a year. He ends up living there for 40 years or so. Wow. And then he was about 90 years old or so. He decides, well, kind of tired of Alaskan winters, so I think I'm going to go... <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and leave now. So he just up and leaves. Uh, and now that his cabin that he built in the movie is a uh, a national uh, monu- or park or monument or whatever. It's a national place that you can go and visit and tour and, and wow, see. Wow, and like really? Uh, but it's the most incredible. Because you, what's crazy is they were trying to describe it to me. And they said, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll have these piles of wood. And they'll show in the movie. And he'll be like, yeah, I'm going to throw a couple of these more these wood things up here now and then all of a sudden he's got an entire cabin and it's just like <laughs> you know yeah ta-da and and it, but it's it, it's amazing i mean the guy in a summer he built an entire cabin for him to live in for the next 40 years he's got a fireplace he's by got, himself by himself yeah. no help um and some of the scenery and everything like that's incredible it's the most it's a really great uh, thing to check out so if you get an opportunity to check out alone in the wilderness you can get it on dvd from amazon i think um, but anyway, uh, yeah, and I when you were start, when you were talking about this, I realized that I had heard of this before. I'd actually seen this on Gentleman. I think Ugh. Razorback. I, I just did a Google search where you were talking, right? And, and uh, it's been on the site for a while, but um, in different forms. Like right. I guess that probably gets you know it's on YouTube, so it probably gets right. you know taken down after a while. But right. but I saw like half of it on YouTube, the first half, and I was. I couldn't pull away from it. It's incredible. Because it was just, you just, he's, he's no. so understated. He's like, well, I'm going I'm right. to take this thing and, you know, yeah. I'll just saw off this edge here. And- I'm just going to make this uh, hinge for the door today and, uh, you know. And he, it's totally intricate, too. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think all the things that, he, I haven't watched in a while, but does he make like a stove or something? Well, he does like, he does an entire fireplace. He does yeah, a, fireplace. He, he does the doors and the windows and all the details with it and, you know. The, the roof and uh, it's all just mind blowing when you look at it from the perspective of how people live today and you know his refrigerator is like a dugout yeah pit but he's got a little thermometer and he's like well it's 40 degrees which is perfect for my refrigerator down here and that's where he stores all this you know it's just uh, it's just it seems like every moment is uh, surprising and interesting. Uh, so it's 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 really it's a really well done movie. So. so did he own the land that he built that on, or how does that work? I don't know. I, I, that's the part that I never figured out when I watched both parts. There's part one and part two. They never explained where the land came from, whether he bought it or he just showed up and and picked out a, a space and just built it. Um, I'm not really sure. But the other crazy thing is that it's in Alaska and. That's a hard, rugged yeah. place to try to build anything and live there. And, uh, you know, in and, and the first part, they show him going out one day in the winter, and it's like negative 20. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty cold today, and walked out, and walked across the river, and it was negative 20. And I was like, jeez, man. Like, <laughs> what the? Uh, I think it's to zero degrees Why? here. Like, I'm like in 10 blankets in the middle of my house, yeah. freezing my ass <laughs> off. And he, yeah. He's out running around in the negative twenty. So the uh, the other thing I remember that I thought was like really interesting while watching it was, I mean, it seemed pretty groundbreaking the stuff he was doing yeah. from a documentary standpoint the, with the camera by himself. Like yep. he'd set up a camera and, and yeah, document him building the house and everything. I mean, how forward thinking of that is that you know in the what did he do this in the seventies? In the sixties? In the sixties? Yeah. 
When, when movie cameras had ju- like home movie cameras had just come out, so I mean this is this is a Renaissance man. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, I, I loved every part of this story, and it was so amazing from start to finish. Uh, I, I anyway, you can I, I, apparently you can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Gentleman Alone in the Wilderness. Uh, I, I would highly recommend checking it out if you're interested in woodworking or you know living off land or anything like that. It's pretty. It's pretty sweet. Uh, so anyway, I just, I just want to do a toast to uh, Richard Pranecki, and I hope I'm saying that right. He deserves me to say his name right. That's right. Good man. Well done, sir. Uh, Cheers. I hope to be that, uh, have the ability, I mean, learning about woodworking and seeing what he did was really incredible. Yeah, and he was... All by himself, was dragging like yeah. trees and stacking them. Just and, like you know, strap a tree to his back and walk up the hill, and that's what you did. No problem, you know, because yeah. you don't have a a cart or a four wheeler to you know. <laughs> so anyway, um, man, really impressive stuff. Don't make them like they used to. No, they don't. Uh, no, they don't. Cabins or men, right? Well, I don't know about that, but uh, definitely cabins are made like they used to. <laughs> um, Kaglin, well, that means it's time for the um, <clears throat> hot and buddy. <laughs> topic. <laughs> and uh, this week, Glenn, uh, there's a the an article that was posted by you, by me, uh, by some a oh right, by me. Not by some, not just any a hole. <laughs> by this one, one of the sitting finest. right here. Oh, oh, one of okay. The biggest. Uh, <laughs> and this is called uh, Taco Bell is now one of America's healthiest fast food chains. That's right. And I, I love this post because um, the, the, you know half the people out there are sitting there saying, "Wait a second, Taco hey. Bell can't be healthy. That's that's BS." And half people are like. Oh, that's good. Taco Bell's healthy. Yeah. Well, right. It depends on what you order at Taco Bell. That is, the, the devil's in the details. Uh, but the, the the devil's in the details and the proof is in the pudding or <laughs> the proof is in the taco. The proof is in the taco meat. Uh, and so basically the, the point of it is they, they now, everything across the board has 15% less sodium, which is cool. Um, I didn't know that. Uh, but they also have a fresco menu, which is a low-calorie option, a high-protein menu for people that work out and, like, lift weights. You know, you want high-protein meals. That's right. So that's called the cantina menu. And there's a vegetarian menu that's been certified by the, by the American Vegetarian Association. So they're really making inroads into having healthier vegetarian – I mean, every kind of option you want. Um the other thing they talk about is that you can customize everything you order, so you could order something and, and not get the cheese. You can, you know, whatever your diet says, you can you can do. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. Special <laughs> orders don't upset us. <laughs> but the, and, and that's kind of interesting too. But uh, yeah, it is. Anyway, so I look. We've talked we talk about McDonald's quite frequently on here. Yes, we, we're fans of McDonald's, and, and you know, I take a little bit issue with them saying they're the healthiest fast food chain. <laughs> I'm sorry, McDonald's is healthy as well. Uh, they've got healthy options. They do, um, but I do, I do like the general vibe of this story, which is that that what I'm taking away from this is that it's super healthy to eat at Taco Bell. If you order, <laughs> it depends on what you order, right? If you order 
bad food. If you order things that aren't good for you, Taco Bell is unhealthy. If you order things that are good for you, Taco right. Bell is healthy. Right. So it really depends on the consumer. When I order food at Taco Bell, right, it's unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I don't care. I get the nachos. <laughs> so, you know. I'm not going there right. to like, you know. The thing I love about this article, Brian, this Business Insider article, is that and actually, it's not what I love about the article. It's what um, their uh, their spokesman, the Taco Bell spokesman, Alec Boyle, says. He's and they because he's asked, you know, why aren't you guys making a bigger deal out of right. this? And he's like, look, we're not. Yep. that's not us. We're not right. a healthy. Right. We're not a health food. Like that's not us. Yep. But we want to provide this stuff. So, but us for us to tout it is is a little disingenuous and yeah. kind of ridiculous because yeah. it's Taco Bell. Right. <laughs> He's basically saying, look, it's still Taco Bell, right. but we're trying to do what we can, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty refreshing. Yeah. Um, no, I, I thought everything was cool about this. I was I was like, you know, I read that part that you're talking about and I was like, wow, mm-hmm. that's a really good, I don't know if that's just marketing, like the marketer is talking about marketing, but like that's, yeah, like he's not, they're not going to come out and be like, yeah, we're super healthy now. It's like, yeah. no, it's Taco Bell. Yeah. And our bread and butter is yeah. bread and butter. We still have gorditas. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we got this other thing. Uh, you know, I mean, so it's, I, I, I think that, you know, the whole like high protein thing, I saw, I saw the commercials for that when they were coming out with it and it was like kind of like, we're taking on Chipotle kind yeah, of deal or yeah, whatever. Yeah. They've got breakfast now. What? Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. We they talked about this yeah. episode yeah. 173, uh, and the breakfast, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so we, we, uh, yeah, so we went over that, but they, but yeah, so they're, they're really, they all, they're, they're taking on all comers. I mean, I won't be surprised if they come out with, well, they already have a Mexican pizza. I was going to say pizza, but they already have oh, a Mexican yeah. pizza. So, yeah. so, so yeah. So when I was growing up back in my day, mm-hmm. I lived in a small town Yeah, and we had a Taco Bell. Okay. Small town Taco Bell. Nice. Yeah. That's cool for small town. It is. But I had friends who worked there. And I was warned never to eat at Taco Bell. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, because, you know, in the mid-90s, you know, yeah. Taco Bell's changed quite a bit. I feel like culturally oh. as a... Okay. I think fast food in general has <laughs> become a little bit more self-aware. and uh, But they had a lot of stories. Um, okay. So I, wow. I always had the stigma against Taco oh, Bell. Oh, I see. That could, yeah, I could see that. But I do love me a double decker taco. Do they still have those? Oh yeah, they do. Oh man, don't go changing on me, Taco Bell. You can I've change never, all you want. Taco Bell's never carried a stigma for me. Never, oh. ever, ever. Not once has Taco Bell carried a stigma for me. I've never known anybody that worked at the Taco Bell. I don't even know anybody. That works <laughs> no, you <at> Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> But let me tell you something. Their food. Is mighty fine. Yeah, it's mighty delicious. It's mighty delicious. I and high in protein. They're they're the one. Them and McDonald's. And I people might not think that because we talk about McDonald's all the time. That I, I you know there's there's only two. You know there is really only two that really that are etched in my soul. Right. And it's it's McDonald's and Taco Bell. Those are, not even like Pizza Hut or Domino's. Well, so, okay, Pizza Hut. Yes, Pizza Hut. Oh, okay. Let me say this. Okay, Pizza Hut. Yeah. Taco Bell yeah. and McDonald's. Okay, those are the three. It's, it's the, the and Long John Silver's. <laughs> well, Long John Silver's. <laughs> oh yeah, but once every five years. The, the Desert Island. <laughs> the Desert Island is. Uh, it's not the Trinity. Room. The Trinity is Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and McDonald's. 
uh, as long as that desert island has those three restaurants <laughs> on it, you'd be alive for dinner. If it's just me, and there's three restaurants on the island, right, right, and they're Taco Bell, McDonald's, and Pizza Hut, I'm set. I don't, I don't need anything else. So I need. I'll be totally. I'd be great. Dude, actually, I won't that, tell Laura this. That's, that's honestly the more I'm thinking about that. This is like that would be like a dream scenario where I actually get stranded on an island, and those are the three restaurants that are available to me. I would be very, I would be pleased as yeah. much for the rest of my life if I could oh. go get a, you know, oh man, if I could go get a double deck taco, oh. go get a you know Big Mac man. with no sauce. And a pepperoni deep dish or pepperoni thin crispy. You pizza. like the deep dish? I mean, sometimes, but most of the time I like the thin crispy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Thin crispy is uh, good. Yeah, it is. Oh, man. If, <laughs> if those were my meals, I'd be good to go. Oh. So, anyway, stick me on a desert island well, was, with these caveats. What was this hot button topic? About? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah. We're supporting whatever it is. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I think. I think this is both equal parts being responsible by Taco Bell yep. and being cool about it because yep. they're not they're not like they're not touting it. your face. It's yeah. not a big PR move. They're just right. saying, yeah, we're a little healthier, which is great. I like the fifteen percent sodium thing because that's not something that's ever going to show up on any commercial or anything like that. Um, you know, uh, it's just something that they they they, they found that they could you know you drop know some it's salty food. Yeah, like, you it's can super just salty. Tell when you're eating it. Super salty, but them like taking their own direction to, to see if they could drop a sodium. Kind of cool. Um, yeah. But this this comes back to the whole thing that I think about all the time, which is like, and you brought this up when you commented on the tack, which was, uh, you know, you can go to Chipotle, which is supposed to be a healthy right. alternative, right. and order something that is 10 times worse than some of the things on Taco Bell's menu. I, I was I went to the after I read this I went to Chipotle's website and looked right. at their calculator because I was yep. like I bet this is I bet I can find a case here and I just got I on the calculator I just had a regular um, steak burrito mm-hmm. with rice yep. and beans yep. and like a salsa yep. and it was over a thousand cal- oh yep. and cheese and sour right. cream and it was over a thousand calories right no guacamole right. No fajita veggies or anything like Which that. Which is pretty much what normally people would go it's to. It's a normal order. But they, they're they really marketed as the healthy alternative. Right. And it's so bad for you. It's if, not... Yeah. yeah. You're not going to lose weight eating it. Chipotle. You're not going to lose weight. There's And you didn't even talk about the, the how much salt's in that stuff. Oh, I'm sure it's it, a ton. It's, it, uh, it's a ton. <laughs> it's like you're talking about Taco Bell being sodium heavy. Yeah. Chipotle is like... I'm thinking of chips. I'm, I'm saying yeah. like... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So... I mean, this because it's good. Like it's well, it's delicious. I yeah. love Chipotle. Yeah. It's great. Uh, but uh, them being healthy is—it's only healthy if you choose the healthy things. Right. And Taco Bell is exactly the same way. McDonald's is exactly the same way. Right. If you choose the healthy things, it's healthy. Like yeah. I, I'm just saying. Like you know. Yeah. It, it's it's good to go. It, yeah. I could drop all the pounds in the world <laughs> by eating by eating at. Yeah. Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and McDonald's. I'm t- I'm I dare you to eat I a Pizza do, Hut. I can How can you do it? I can do a Pizza Hut diet and, and no. drop pounds. No, yeah. no, no, no. How? It's all about knowing exactly how many calories are in that piece of pizza oh. and only eating the certain amount of calories that would drop my weight by a certain percentage 
every time I ate it. But then you could only eat like one piece of pizza. It would be like a piece and a half of thin crust pizza every meal. <laughs> oh, three oh, meals a day. That would be hard. I wouldn't have a problem with it. But I bet I'd drop weight if I did that. Wow. So you can do it. There's there's actually a K State professor, Kansas State University, <laughs> mm-hmm. that did this by uh, he told his class that he was only going to eat McDonald's. And the the deal was it had to be less than a certain calorie count. It could be anything on the menu. It could be the worst thing on the menu yeah. as long as it was every day less than a certain calorie count. And guess what? He lost weight because, you know, when you eat less calories than you expend, uh, you will lose weight. So It's all about marketing. Yeah. It really is. It really is. It is. Um, you know, I mean, they've done the whole – I mean, we'll, we'll forever die <laughs> – Champions of McDonald's and yeah. their, but I mean oh. they they did the whole walkthrough of their chicken, you know, uh, chicken nugget factory. Yep, they're like, nope, it's not. This is the we're actually like pulling the chicken meat right here. Right. It's not, you yep. know. Anyway, yeah, food is what you make of it. I mean, yeah, it, it really, it really, you can, uh, yeah. I think I think that the whole foodie thing has it, it's too much. It's it, like that got all caught up with Chipotle and everybody kind of jumped on board with that. And then they found out that was kind of like, yeah, a problem for some, in certain circumstances was not, you mean like you're getting sick when you get sick from it, <laughs> a very, you know, very small percentage, but still, yeah, sure. There, there, there's some holes in that theory, you know? And, uh, and, and, and so I don't know, something to think about. I, I, I think the other, the other side of it too, Brian, is that when you look at Taco Bell, you say, well, none of that food is organic. Right. Or, you know, free range, which yep. I really do. I really, I believe that in, if, if you had two identical things yes. and one of them was free range and organic yep. or whatever, and the other one wasn't, right. I think that would be better for you. I really yeah. do. If it wasn't fed, you know, if it didn't have like antibiotics. You don't know yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. Right. But the thing is, is that, so Chipotle, they tout, using the Chipotle Taco Bell right. thing here. Mm-hmm. Chipotle, they tout all the all the things that are free range, you know, yep. organic. I don't think they say organic. I don't even think they do. I don't know if they do that. I'm not sure. Um, but they try to, you know, use locally sourced stuff and all this. Right. All this, you know, we've talked about that before in the podcast. Right. Like, uh-huh. but at the end of the day, you're it's doesn't it really matter that much when you're eating, you know, 1500 calories with your chips and salsa and your burrito. That's a good in one meal. It's yeah, a good question. Yeah, does it does it matter if you're eating 1500 calories? Per meal, which I could easily do. Yeah. Oh, anyone could, and I'm not trying to fault anybody. Yeah. Because you don't know when you show up there and you're like, I'm getting this grilled chicken burrito. Yeah. This can't be bad for me. And then it's like all of a sudden it's 1500 calories with like, vegetables and yeah, healthy rice. Right. Healthy rice, all that stuff. Yeah. The tortilla is the killer. The tortilla is the killer. Uh, yeah. And then you look at you know if you had cheese and sour cream, oh, that's man. getting pretty yeah. pretty heavy, but. It, Tastes pretty damn good. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. Um, Chipotle does taste good. I, oh. you know, I, I, I do try to like when I go to Chipotle. I think when I go to every fast food restaurant, I'm always kind of I'm a little bit cognizant. Uh, I learned a long time ago about the thing that I figured out. I used to, like I dropped some pounds when I was in college. I got like crazy, not crazy. Like I got kind of overweight in my own mind. About you're away from home. Yeah, eating out. Yeah. Anyway. So I, I quickly became kind of like uh, very aware of the fact that I gained a bunch of weight. I gained about 25 pounds from the time I was in high school to like my sophomore year in college. It's a bunch, you know? And, and what I was doing was I was just like eating stupid stuff. <laughs> like I was, I would get a pizza and I would eat the whole pizza. 
And I would yeah. go to McDonald's and I would get the large fry and I would eat the entire large fry. So anyway, I just did some basic research. I was like, okay, well, a large fry has this many calories at McDonald's. I should just get a small fry and that's it. Yeah. And that's all I did was I just ate normal portions of stuff. Right. I didn't eat the whole pizza. I ate half the pizza. Yeah. And then guess what? I dropped 25 pounds and that's kind of where I'm at today because I just stopped eating stupid, basically. There you go. It's uh, that simple. So anyway, I see stuff like this, and it always reminds me of that idea where it's like if you're if you're having problems with you know that kind of stuff, and just look up the calorie content, make some decisions about what you're accepting you're going to eat. You know your levels, what, whatever you want to do. Yeah, and you know, that's gotta have fine. a plan. Gotta have a plan, and just know what you're eating, and that's fine. And you can eat. You could. I could eat Taco Bell every day for the next three years and lose so much weight. Yeah. No problem. You just can't be Napoleon. Can't just show up, see what happens. Exactly. Right. Gotta have a plan. So anyway. Gotta be General MacArthur. All right, Glenn. Well, yeah. So, okay. Well, so we got that figured out. Mm-hmm. Now we know that Taco mm-hmm. Bell is empirically healthy. Yes. Uh, Chipotle is empirically unhealthy. And evil. And uh, oh, McDonald's and Pizza Hut are also excellent restaurants. <laughs> Which Brian eat. could eat every day. I could eat every day. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, now it's time for the final thing. Uh, that we're going to talk about tonight. And this is a question from the Gentleman Mailbag. And um, there was a great post by uh, Gentleman member uh, Demon, mm-hmm. who we've talked about mm-hmm. uh, many times on the podcast before. And uh, the, 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 the post was about, uh, this was a poet, and uh, the Texas standardized test for high schoolers uh, had questions about her poems that she had written. Mm-hmm. And she was saying she read through the questions and she did not understand how to answer the questions about her own poem. Um, and so there's a great story about this. this. It's, a, it's a great post. And uh, we would have talked about it in the tax. We didn't have time. But um, this got me thinking. And uh, I just got thinking, if there was a standardized test question about gentlemen that you would hope that mm-hmm. uh, people could read and and answer what 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 would the uh, gentleman test standardized test question be well brian first i would want to i'm assuming that the people taking this test mm-hmm. have um been fully immersed in the gentleman common core yes. uh, curriculum okay um which is mainly about bourbon and Which bacon. Is, yeah. Well, this is like most of like the gentleman common core. Most of the country has right the U.S. They've country. all yeah. embraced it. Right. Um, so I'm just making that assumption right, right. after that. Here's my question, Brian. How can you contact gentlemen? A by phone. B. That's a good option. By the United States Postal Service. Yes. That's good. C. Mm. Tinder. <laughs> D. Farmers only. Or E. All of the above. Oh, wow. Yep. That's tough. Mm-hmm. That's a real That's a real head scratcher. Now, here's how you figure out the answer. Mm. Okay? You take the sum of the two first answers. Yeah. No, actually, no. You don't do that because it's E, all of the above. All of the above. Okay. All of the above. Yeah. We're there. We're everywhere. See, this is like the, the poet because I was, I was thinking about this and I was like, <laughs> man, how do I answer this? <laughs> I was like, well, so I try to trick you. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very tricky. But that's a good point. Yeah. I, I think, yes. Because technically we don't list our phone number, right. but a diligent person could figure out our phone right. number just like the slew of marketing people who have, or telemarketers who have figured out my phone number mm. and I get robo calls. I see. Spam. 
all the time. Well, okay. So, so you, all, you get all of the above. Right. Wow. That's, yeah. That's my question. That would weed out the people that go to, like, Harvard. Right. You know, would be able to answer that oh, question. Oh, it's obviously Tinder. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, that's a, good, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. With uh, the Facebook.com was another acceptable answer. Yeah, that, that would be, yeah. But right you in your answer. Facebook. Facebook. Okay. Uh, okay, good. Well, <clears throat> yeah, Brian. I, uh, I, I have my... Okay, so my question would be regarding gentlemen. Um, and this is... Uh, this is a question that I've uh, I've, been, I've been thinking about uh, mathematics and statistics and algorithms recently, and uh, this is going to uh, touch on all those categories. Oh, wow! And it's going to relate to uh, gentleman.com. Wow! And so my my question, and this is this would be good because mm-hmm. I think some people out there might learn something from this. Um, this okay. So this is a question. So if you went to gentleman. And you wanted to uh, find the best gentleman tack that was that existed, okay? Um, but the thing was, you would click on a tack, and you could only like if you clicked on the next tack, you had to throw away the previous one. But you wanted to find the best one, so you, you want you want to find the best tack. It's like Rubik's cube for. Well, it's like uh, you want you want to like click on a tack and look at it and be like, this is the best tack. Ah. But there's there's still. Two hundred thousand more to look at, at least. Uh, so, how do you know when you've when you when you looked at something and you say this is this is pro- this is there's a high probability this is the best chance that I have that this is the best hack that I'm going to see without going through all two hundred thousand? How do you what at what percentage do you know? Is it a hundred percent? Is it fifty percent? Is it ninety nine percent? Is it thirty percent? Is it twenty percent? How many tacks do you have to go through before you know that I have a statistical probability that, that there's a very good statistical probability that you've clicked mm. on a tack, you think it's really good, mm-hmm. and you think that this is the best one you're going to find? Hmm. That's my question. Um, I I would have absolutely no way of knowing that, Brian. Right. Um, I have a gut instinct. Right. And my gut instinct is that you never. You would find never know. the best. Never tack. find the best hack. You, you just got to keep. You got to go through one hundred percent. You got to go, go through, through all of them. That would be a good answer as a, as a co-founder of gentleman.com. <laughs> yes, uh, but the actual click, answer, click, click, click. the truth, the actual answer is thirty seven percent. If you go through thirty seven percent of the tax, then you haven't found. If if, if you go through thirty thirty seven percent of the tax, and you've had you've had some good ones, but not the greatest ones, and then you find. Maybe you go to thirty-eight or thirty-nine percent, and you find the the tack that you think is the best. That is your absolute best chance of finding okay. the the bet without going through all of them. That's the best one. You have to go at least a third of them. A little more than a third, thirty-seven percent. I mean, yeah, yeah. And that is a algorithmic problem known as an optimal stopping problem, like searching for a apartment. How do you know when to search for an apartment and know when to pick the right one? How do you know when to interview a job candidate and pick the right one? Got to interview at least three. You pick basically past a certain point. You you gather data through about thirty seven. Like if you have two weeks, knock it off at thirty seven percent of that time. Interview as many candidates as you can. Once you get past thirty seven percent, if you pick somebody after that thirty seven percent, then you know, and they're they they're they're the best one you found so far. That's the right one, and that's a that's a like scientifically proven algorithm. That seems like that wouldn't translate across all those different 
That's your best statistical probability to finding the right. Okay. If you're trying to decide if you have to throw something away and then go on to the next one. So just add just the basic guts of what the problem. If you yep. have to if you have to discard things. Discard something and pick one. And pick one. Okay. Thirty seven percent is your best chance. Wow. From start to finish. Get clicking, people. That's right. We got a lot of stuff. That's that's a lot of tax to look through. <laughs> really? I don't envy but I don't I envy can, them. I can empirically scientifically tell you. That if you get to 37% of the tax on gentleman.com and then you click on one and you're like, this is the best one I've ever seen, there's a good statistical proba- probability that that is, in fact, the best tax on gentleman.com. Brian, you uh, was it last year that you clicked through the entire gentleman site? That's true. Yes. I did. I've, no, I've done this in practice. Yeah. Uh, now, granted, it was a little faster. I, your I was your not, method wasn't for finding the best tack. You were, mine you were was a, trying to find breakpoints. Mine was a search <laughs> yes. search algorithm as opposed to finding the best one. So you're a human search algorithm for gentlemen. Yes, wow. exactly. And no, if you're asking for any data that I gleaned from, from looking <laughs> through every post. No. <laughs> I was looking for broken Things. stuff yeah. when I went through every post on gentlemen.com. But, wow. Um, so anyway, Glenn, that would be my... Uh, that would be my SAT question. And that would really separate the wheat from the chaff. Yeah. yeah. The men from the boys, as it were. That's right, Glenn. Uh, so, anyway, that, that, that's... Algorithmic, scientific questions have been on my mind. And I feel like that, that would be a good standardized question to ask. Wow. That's a good one. It is. I, I would not have come up with that question. Neither would I. <laughs> Except that I've been studying these matters for... <laughs> Too long, <laughs> right? Sorry. Like, how, oh, so if I look through thirty-seven percent of gentleman.com, one of some of you have looked through thirty-seven percent of gentleman.com. Probably a lot of people have. I've looked through one hundred percent of gentleman.com. I probably only looked through. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. What percentage of gentleman.com has Glenn looked through? <laughs> a two uh, percent. Yeah, exactly. B three percent. Uh, I think over the years I probably looked at most of it. I mean, as it's come, not right. at once, but as it's come, not up, like click through everything, but like yeah. you know, I think I've seen just about most everything that's come by the site. Yeah, I would say probably ninety percent. Yeah, yeah. Which I was thinking the other day, I'm amazed at how often things come up, like in, in everyday life, everyday normal life, mm-hmm. and. I can, and this is crazy, but it's true. I can refer back to something that I found on Gentleman. I'm not making that up. I'm not just yeah. saying that. Like, oh, yeah, I saw this thing on Gentleman. Wait. Oh, wow. I saw it on Gentleman. You know, well, like, when we were talking about the uh, Alone in the Wilderness. Right, exactly. You immediately were like, oh, I remember seeing this on Gentleman. Yeah, it's stuff like that all right. the time. Mm-hmm. And and it's just, it reminds me of a, a, a Warren Buffett quote. I'm I'm gonna butcher it. It's not. A, I, I don't even know what the quote is. Basically, he said, "If you want to <clears throat> be successful, you have to read basically all day long. You have to read tons of stuff." And the guy who's going to be his ex- eventual successor, um, that's what he does all day long. He has stacks of papers that he's just like looking through. I don't. I don't think it's like totally random. I think right. it's you know focused towards right. Berkshire Hathaway stuff, but. Right. The idea is that if you soak yourself in, in knowledge, you, eventually you're going to retain some of it, even if it is loose. And interesting. Yeah. Bizarre knowledge that I've So you've, you've soaked yourself <laughs> totally useless. in useless, bizarre knowledge. I could be working. I could be taking over like Berkshire Hathaway, but instead, 
I'm going to what uh, parlor game what is mutual it? fund Brian is going party. to uh, <laughs> hire you know I don't know about that Warren but I can tell you this guy on a buffalo <laughs> one day the guy on the buffalo bison futures <laughs> yes I'm all about bison 2017 <laughs> oh man okay well that's interesting alright Glenn well you know um, that's a that's a good uh, that's 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 a good way to uh, to end out the uh, gentleman podcast number one hundred and five. Uh, it is, and and Brian, if we come back full circle, the Hefeweizen has been fantastic. Yeah, it's been very good. I would highly re- recommend this. I don't know if you can get this very many other places, Casey Probably Beer not. Co. But if you can, hey, go for it. I say uh, it. It made me like Hefeweizen. So yeah, They're, I didn't realize you're anti wheat. I'm not. I, I, I'm not anti. But it's like oh, you don't want to say on the air. I, I get it. Oh, so we'll wait until we okay. You know what? It does recording. stock prices. Whatever yeah, well, we say, one way or the other. Well, we're in Kansas, and you stay right, here right, anti-wheat, oh, right, and then that's yeah. that brings down the entire state economy. I'm so. just saying, I I had a lot of wheat beer when I first started drinking beer. Yeah, that's true. And I kind of got it. burnt out on it. Yep. Boulevard wheat was Boulevard a wheat. staple of Boulevard early college. Uh, yep. You know, I got tired of it, but this is it's really good. It's good. It's real good. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, all right, Glenn. Well, we got that settled. We got everything settled. We got everything figured out Literally. this episode. Uh, I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. We'll see you guys next two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. 14 days. 106. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. Adios.